0: Hi everyone, you're listening to Canada Horse Podcast, and we're your hosts, Nikki Porter
1: and Nadine Smith. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. It is our passion for horses and continuous learning that is the driving force behind the conversations here on
0: Canada Horse Podcast. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. As equestrians, it's important for us to know the whys behind the decisions we make for both ourselves and our horses. All right. Exciting. It feels good to be back. I've been kind of like, Oh, feeling like I need to get rolling back into things again. And... Wow.
1: Well, I look forward to like just us being able to like rehash things again. Know. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's like an outlet of rehashing all the things that are going on and like really is. thinking your thoughts out loud to somebody else who gets it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, All right. Are we ready? We're ready. Let's do this. Okay. Hello, this is episode
1: 44 and we are back with Canada Horse Podcast after a very busy summer and fall.
0: What a whirlwind the last few months have been. I can't believe, honestly cannot believe it's November already. You wouldn't even think it's November looking out the window,
1: but you know, it's, the- this is crazy except for the fact that we have no leaves left.
0: Yeah. The weather can- throughout October has just been phenomenal. Like yeah. 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 It's
1: been great and except for I haven't ridden, but We'll talk about that later.
0: <laughs> yes. We will get into that. Yes. Likely, if you're listening right now, you may have noticed a change for Canada Horse Podcast, and the change was our intro. And so for this episode, we have a few topics that we want to dive into, but first and foremost, we really want to address that change and, of course, why we made it.
1: Yeah, when we started Informed Equestrian and Canada Horse Podcast, we had a lot of ideas. And our main thing was just to do something together while we were going through COVID. And it really expanded. We had, we brainstormed a lot and then we really narrowed down to the podcast. And so once we did it for a considerable amount of time and really found our our way and what was the most comfortable and what we got the best feedback on what we really felt like meant a lot to us in certain topics we have taken the time off and thought about it a lot and decided to change a few things so so we came together over, to over
0: the last couple of weeks and we asked ourselves really important questions actually we asked ourselves the questions that we really feel is important for everyone every equestrian to ask about everything that they do. So we wanted to dig into like, why do we do this podcast? Why is it important to us? And what are we looking to actually achieve by creating this podcast? Now, when we first started, it was, why don't we talk about how we got Canada Horse Podcast, how we actually landed on that name? Because we actually, within this conversation, we even discussed, do we do a name change? Like, do we need to find yeah. something that suits our desire to dive into things a little deeper? Um, we have obviously decided to keep Canada Horse Podcast, but why don't we just have a little story time and tell them where the name Canada Horse Podcast came from?
1: Can we can we finally tell the story of how we got Informed Equestrian now that <laughs> we're going to kind of remove it a little bit? Yeah, let's do oh it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Because I think we're far enough removed. This is uh, a traumatizing and sad and in the end kind of turned out okay story. So we started it what like August of 2020. Yeah. And we started with connected equestrian.
0: Which and we, both we wanted to loved. connect. I loved equestrian. it. Loved it. Right? it.
1: Mm-hmm. We put all the effort in. We got logos made. We've we had things made. And it was like what, a week before Christmas, a couple days before Christmas. Mm. Mm-hmm. We got an email with a cease and desist letter, basically threatening to sue us from someone in the States who had a, an online business that had a similar name.
0: Well, I think she actually has like a brick and mortar tax shop. So oh, it was right? an actual yeah. okay. tax shop. And so she was informing us that she felt like we were taking away from her business because people were confusing her business for our online educational platform called Connected Equestrian. (laughs) So nothing like what
1: it was and had nothing to do with it. And she didn't have a podcast or anything like that. We were terrified and angry and sad. And it was right before Christmas. So we did a pivot and we put our heads together and we changed it to informed equestrian, which we were happy we landed on. I think it, it turned out really well. Because we've really always put a lot of focus on education and learning and the why. And we always were really concerned that people would think that we were the ones doing the informing. And we were like, no, we just want to mm-hmm. be informed along with everyone else, like continuously be informed. Yeah. And make informed decisions. And so I think that really has been a key and an underlying um, emphasis through the whole podcast. So then. Glenn came about because he found your take the reins podcast and he wanted you from horse radio network. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So Glenn, I had take the reins on, uh, the horse radio network with Glenn for a fair amount of time at this point. And he reached out and said, listen, I have this idea. I like you as a host, uh, but I really want you to have a co-host. And I was like, Ooh, I got you. So I had to do the work of convincing you, Nadine, to like jump on board with the podcast thing, um, which really we, you know, guys, you have to know Nadine to understand the step outside of her comfort zone that saying yes, to this podcast really was. And so I very much appreciated it. But the other thing that it does is it shows you the passion that Nadine has to share the conversations that she's sharing, because if this was like, if this was about something else, she would never. (laughs) Sorry, that was loud. I just wouldn't do it. No, you wouldn't have. You're like, that's not for me, but thanks. for. I'm
1: going to be in bed. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, no, I love this. I really, really love it. And I love that you let me ramble on and share all my opinions and that we have come to a place in this that we feel comfortable really directing it at what really means the most to us and really considering our values as equestrians and what we really want to achieve. So we got Canon Horse podcast, we got set up and we've done a lot of uh, different topics and episodes and we've tried really hard to be all encompassing in the equestrian world. I think, like mm-hmm. maybe we've fallen a little short on the English world. I think so far, but we've tried,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that brought us to the conversations about like why do we
0: do this? Mm-hmm. What do we enjoy about it? What what brings? Yeah, like, and first of guys- all, it's not our it's not our full time job either. One of us. So like right. If if there's any resistance around it, if there's any like oh, I don't really. I don't really want to have that conversation, but, you know, or not even necessarily, I don't want to, but that it just doesn't seem to connect to our values or the why that, that really pushes us to like be excited about the podcast. Then there's just no need for us to do it. Right. And we have to feel a certain
1: way about it in order to authentically come up with questions and, have these conversations. And so Nikki, do you want to share a little bit about what your
0: why was for the podcast first? Sure. Yeah. So we, I love how we did the process. So I'm going to just talk about that for a second, because I love how you and I are able to work together. And I think that's what makes this podcast so much fun for both of us is that we kind of like, work off of each other's strengths and we know each other's weaknesses and we accept them and we (laughs) encourage each other to get better. But at the same time, it's not like held against either of us. So Mm -hmm. Nadine had created a Google document with specific questions and she went and answered them. And then I went in after she had answered them and I answered them. And it was so interesting because neither of us I think both of us were probably sitting on the side of like going, is she where I am right now? Are we on the Mm -hmm. same page? What if I was worried, like what if Nadine says she doesn't want to do this at all anymore? And, or what if, what if Nadine says she, which I know is never going to be the case, but like what if she says she wants to like just interview and not do like our regular chats, like mm-hmm. whichever. So there's like apprehensions because yeah. we really didn't have this open conversation. It was like, here's a document, let's get into <laughs> yeah. it and then we'll talk. Yeah, it It's so good. Anyway, so we both wrote our whys. That was a long-winded way of me getting into my why, but my why for the podcast has always been and is still mostly about just doing something together that makes a positive impact on the horse community. So having someone like Nadine, who's like-minded, but also has different opinions and we can disagree and agree and come together and have these really cool, constructive conversations is, I love it. Absolutely love it. And I want people to listen to us, have these conversations, feel less alone, less judged, and better informed. That has been my why from the start.
1: I really like it. So concise. And I think that you have done a phenomenal job through the process of a lot of the hard conversations with making sure that we stay on track with not judging people for having opinions or doing things differently than what we do. Or, you know, it's true. I don't judge you for the things that you do differently than me, and vice versa. And we, are going to continue to have conversations that feel a little uncomfortable. And I think it's really important that we can work together respectfully and have these conversations that other people can benefit from and get informed through. Yeah. So it's your why. So I want to bring information and resources to people who may need them, but don't know how to ask or where to find answers. That has been from the very beginning because of my start in the horse world it's really important to me that people who are rural or not around trainers that they can access in person or just have, have no information. They're just in their backyard that they can have access to this type of information and people that would ask the questions that they would ask. Not necessarily, you know, because you can find a lot online right now. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's, I find it super handy to have an audible version of something that you can listen to while you're doing your barn tours or in the car and not necessarily have to sit and watch on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, I feel like you and I are like the people on the ground. We're in it. And so we're asking the questions that regular people would ask, not necessarily what the trainers or the professionals think we need to know. Yeah. Also, it feels good to be a role model and someone who's putting themselves out there so that it can bring to light that you don't always have to follow the popular path and also to possibly make a difference in people's lives and their horses' lives such as, you know, lessening the stigma of wearing a helmet and shedding light onto equine welfare issues that have become normalized. I I want to say that and we're we're going to talk more about feedback from the listeners in a little bit, but one of the most important uh, parts of my summer was that one of our listeners saw me at a horse show putting my helmet on and she said oh my gosh you wear your helmet when you show I just haven't I wear my helmet every day at home but I never do at the show and it bothers me but I didn't want to look like the only person that had a helmet on so from now on I'm gonna wear my helmet every time and that really meant a lot to me it just was like wow I touched one person that was really cool Mm -hmm. so you know, I, I think I have a lot of why, a lot of whys, and I, I love collaborating with you and staying in touch. And so I'm excited to get back at it.
0: I had an, it, I don't know if you saw this comment this morning on um, one of our listeners shared the Madburn episode. I think it was yesterday. And then she wrote me back this morning. And I just love when you say, like, you know, it brings information to people that maybe we're not surrounded. We're not in the deep South where there's trainers on every single road and these big facilities and tons of information. Some of us are just here with horses in our backyard and it feels like like information is far away, even though we know we could Google it. But at the same time, like you're saying, it's so accessible, it's so nice to be able to press play and just be like, on my way to work and hear something. So this one particular listener Said, I feel so confident in my feeding program right now. And I was like, yes, oh, wow. that is what we're talking about. And she was like, Thank you for not only recording one episode with Scott, but recording two. And just her confidence, it like gives me goosebumps that she loves that to- that
1: way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Confident. Yeah.
0: Oh, so, that's so good. I didn't right? see that. I know. Yeah. I will tag you in it. I and I meant to tag you in it, but I forgot. So when we went to talk about like what do we actually hope to achieve this particular year with the podcast, I read Nadine's and honestly, I could have just written the exact same thing. So I feel like we were so on the same page for what we want to achieve going forward with this.
1: I think that you and I both go head on into difficult conversations and things that make us feel uncomfortable, things that are challenging. And I think that's why we both had the same response to this. Mm -hmm. And so do you want me to read it? Sure. Okay. So what, what we want to achieve basically so that you as listeners understand where we're going with this and what we're personally getting out of it. We, <laughs> I said to someone the other day that I was like, I don't just do this to hear myself speak. You know what I mean? Like I want to make a difference in the horse community. That is what we're getting out of it is what the listeners tell us that they get out of it. Yeah. So What we want to achieve is to create more discussion around hot topics or topics that can be considered taboo or controversial. We want to shed light on these issues, but also encourage people to have a look at their involvement, opinions, and how we can make a positive change on such issues. We don't want to just talk about it. We want to figure out ways that we can make a difference and take action. So while doing this, it would be lovely If we can continue to highlight Canadians and Canadian businesses and trainers who really fit into these topics
0: and share our values. But I do think one of our struggles last season was that we would have a topic and because there's so much information outside of Canada, we almost felt like we were being restricted um, in the sense of like, oh, that would be a great person to have this conversation with and being like, but they're not from Canada. How do we make this work? Like, how do we make it so that it makes sense for them to be on Canada Horse Podcast? So we need to make that change. We need to be able to reach out to people outside of Canada, but also at the same time have two Canadian girls showing up and would love to highlight the Canadian horse industry, but that we're also open enough to be able to have conversations with people all over.
1: At the very least, we have... A perspective of two Canadian horse horsewomen yeah. coming from our angle, right? Because like you said, we do not relate very much to the people in the South that just like live horses every day, all day, every day. We have different challenges, especially the weather. So it's a good point to me. We have really enjoyed talking with and working with and a lot of the giveaways that we've done with the Canadian businesses and stuff. And we're definitely going to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. But don't be surprised when you see more interviews with people from all over the world.
0: Yeah. I do think that, you know, our own wise drove a lot, but I also believe that a lot of the feedback, when we look back at the episodes that we enjoyed the most, we also got the best feedback from those episodes. So we had to mm-hmm. look at what were those what were those episodes targeting? What were they really diving into? What is it that our audience is wanting to hear more of? And I love that what we were loving to talk about were the it aligned perfectly with what it looked like our audience actually wanted to hear more about as well. So that I think is a driving force for us. And I think it's going to be what pushes us into deciding what our topics are going to be going into the season. Um, we've had some conversations around like who we'd like to talk to and what we'd like to talk about. And I feel like it is listener-driven, but also at the same time, it, it's so connected to who we are and what we want to talk about. Yeah, the, the
1: episodes that we instantly think back to the ones that we know made us emotional or made us, you know, we felt passion or goosebumps, things like that. The ones that really resonated with us definitely resonated with everybody else. So just off the top of my head, the body image Mm. that was, we had a ton of feedback from people of all shapes and sizes, all different areas of the horse community really resonated with the body image series.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really glad that we put the work into that, that we did. The one for me that stands out was the euthanasia one. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of people reach out and say, I'm going through this. I'm trying to make this decision right now. I'm so grateful that you had that conversation. I did have a couple people say, you should have warned me. I needed a box of Kleenex. Um, (laughs) But I think that topic, it was hard for us to address it it's a really emotional topic and I as someone who after that episode released I have since had to put a horse down and it helped me having been a part of it as well so I'm I'm so grateful we had the opportunity to have that conversation and uh, I really feel like it was one that that made an impact
1: I don't know if I had a chance to tell you but we got an email about that just the other day you did and that episode was that when did we do that episode like six Long or eight months ago or something? Yeah, because a lot of people I think put off listening to that until they had to listen to it. I think you're right, and so right. this particular woman, yeah, was facing having to make the decision. You know, she had made the decision, and she said it was it was emotional but helpful. And it is that
0: time of year. I
1: yeah, right. It is. That one stands out for sure. And just a heads up to you guys that we will be having Dr. Chris White back on the podcast. He's got more that he wants to share, and it's going to be another controversial one or definitely an, an emotional, important topic. So we'll stay tuned for that one. What's another one that we got a lot of feedback on? I know we've had people that have written into us and said, listening to you guys motivated me to you know, get into work with horses,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to to you mm-hmm. know put put my effort into doing what I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. and so that really meant a lot. Mm-hmm. Of course, we've heard a lot about the helmet safety, and we've seen per, both of us have seen more people wearing helmets this year. And I'm not going to take credit for that. I've said this before, but still, mm-hmm. we're seeing more helmets out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. We had a ranch sorting clinic actually a couple of weeks ago, or probably about a month ago, and. Uh, more than half of the participants there had a helmet on. And it was just really great to see. Did I have a helmet on? No, I did not. Is it still something that I'm going to work through? Yes, it is. (laughs) I saw you post a picture with a helmet on not too long ago. So it's it's happening once in a while. I have the best daughter. And if we're riding together, she just flat out makes me get off my horse and go get my helmet.
1: The episode's like these, like the ones about judgment in the horse world, Mm -hmm. I think these strike a chord because they reflect on our values Mm -hmm. and our important decisions, like real life stuff. So I think we're going to, well, we are going to focus more on episodes like this. Mm -hmm. And I can't promise that everybody will be Have the same opinion or on the same page. And I can't promise that we'll all feel the same way about it, but there have been some things happening in the horse industry over the last few months that Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in talking about. And a lot of it has to do with ethics. And I think that it's super important for us to discuss and consider and not just keep doing things the way they've always been done.
0: I think that's really important. And I'm telling you, And we're going to get more into this. We will get into it as we go into our conversation about this summer for us. We'll get into it more in specific episodes. But I'll just intro it by saying that when you really start looking at your why, you start seeing things you can't unsee. And to tell you that it is a struggle sometimes because you start going like, does this align? Does this align with me? Am I willing to just pretend that I don't see this anymore? Um, mm-hmm. And I, it's it's created some struggles personally for me. Um, and I've had conversations recently with others who ha- feel the same way. So I'm I'm really excited to get into the conversations around those sort of things.
1: Yeah. Do we turn to blind turn a blind eye? Do we just keep doing it? Do we keep complaining? or do mm-hmm. we just change what we're doing yeah. and and change the the trajectory of yeah. of our horse life and the horse equestrian community in general you know it it, it takes it yeah. has to start somewhere and so we're small but mighty so we're going to go for it sure. this is true okay <laughs>
0: small but mighty uh i think that probably covers the change that you as our listeners are hearing or the changes that you can expect going forward with the podcast. um, We really want to encourage you to reach out to us. So as you, if you listen to this episode and you like the changes or if there's anything that you're like, yes, this means maybe they'll be able to interview this person or talk about this topic now that it's a little less Canada focused um, reach out to us. I, I mean, honestly, it's one of our most rewarding parts of the podcast is hearing from you and understanding how we've impacted your horse world and and um, just what you would like to hear from us. Uh, so, reach out to us. Find us on Instagram. We haven't been very good at TikTok. We we slacked off on TikTok, but it's hard for us because we're three hours away. But maybe we'll start into some more fun TikTok stuff.
1: I want to do more of the fun stuff, but I'll tell you what I did like a social media,
0: Mm.
1: not a cleanse, but I just was like, I was so busy and we can talk in a sec about our summers, but I, I just was so busy and I got so overwhelmed and I just was like, I'm going to turn off all notifications from all social media. I no longer have Facebook on my phone. And I don't get the notifications of Instagram, which I will turn back on now that we're doing the podcast so that I can actually get back to people when they write us. Mm-hmm. But it's been really nice and it's been a good social media cleanse and I, I like it. And so I think we'll f- our our social media for the podcast will change to reflect that.
0: Yeah, because- yeah I think it's yeah. important that we actually talk about the change in Instagram. I didn't even think about that. So yeah. our Instagram page, we're going to focus it. We loved informed equestrian. Informed equestrian was we we created it because we wanted to create an edu- educational platform for horse owners, but we can't burn ourselves out in order to do what we're doing. Like we have jobs and all the things. And, and so I think it's important for you to see that we're going to make a change on social media to not say informed questioning does no longer exist. We're still the same. We're just going to focus more on the content we're bringing into the podcast.
1: Yeah, because the podcast has been the driving force yeah. behind us. It's been the thing that we've been able to speak our minds and interview and get to speak to a lot of people. And let's not forget the trip to Vegas that we had. That was mm-hmm. pretty epic. So those are the types of things that we want to do. And I, I see trips in our future and and for sure we'll talk about that stuff on social media. I just think we won't be doing as much like creating content just for the sake of creating content. It's going to be authentic and it's going to be about what we're talking about on the
0: podcast. Yeah. With the it's odd fun TikTok. <laughs> With the odd on TikTok, especially when we're together. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So why don't we talk a little bit about what has happened since the middle of August when we recorded our last episode? So
1: it was right after we did that really hot horse show in New Brunswick and I had two more shows to go and you were getting ready to go to Quebec, I believe. Yeah. And my horse show season, unfortunately, was done at that point. It got very much canceled early Um, Mark had to go on a course one of the weekends he had to go away that I was supposed to go to a horse show. So I had to pull out, which was really unfortunate because I was looking at a high point trophy, really wanting it. And then our next horse show got canceled because of a hurricane. So that was it. I was done. I have ridden maybe three times since we last stopped. Okay. You have been busier
0: with the horses. I have. It's been straight ahead. And I went and I did the Quebec show. I went to Quebec for a full week and it's, it's a lot, you know, it it took a bit of a toll on my family in the sense that I was away for three full weeks throughout the summer for horse shows, period, not for anything else. (laughs) So, you know, when I look at where we were in from all the way from Vegas all the way to our Franco clinic, our Alex clinic, into show season and all of these things. It, it was a lot of horse time that was very specific to like me and my horse and not my family and our horse life. Right. So, you know, it, it was very interesting. I felt very supported in a lot of ways. Um, but I definitely had to, no, I didn't have to. I definitely, I feel like I almost turned a blind eye to the impact that that could actually have on my family. And we, we had to have some conversations around that, but I just wanted.
1: You were driven. You were very driven. You had decided what you were going to do. You got the green light and you weren't going to back down at that point. Mm -hmm. You were like, okay, said I I was going to do it. Got the go ahead doing it. And then it, it was a little tougher to actually achieve than
0: yeah.
1: in thought, right? Yeah. That's on top of your clinics that you do on the other weekends. Yeah. And your huge crown show that you just put on and your other shows that you've just started yeah, to run. Yeah. 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 So it's it's been a lot. What? Okay, no. We'll do our, you tell me yours. I'll tell you mine in a sec. I just want to say like, I think that a lot of people did the same thing this summer. I've heard this from other people when I've expressed my own experience that I overbooked myself this summer for sure. And it started early. I knew from when we went to our first clinic that it was going to be nonstop until Mm -hmm. the fall. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the universe that really canceled those two last horse shows because I mean, between you and I, you knew I was like. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have, if I hadn't already paid for this, I wouldn't want to go. And the one of them I had to just give my, my fees didn't get returned to me anyway, but I really didn't want to go. And it wasn't that I didn't want to go. It was like, I didn't have any energy left to give Mm -hmm. by the, by September. And when school started, I just, I was really questioning, like, what am I doing? Why am I going when I'm dreading this?
0: Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like I was in a in almost the opposite state where I was driven and I wanted to do it, but I was making people at home feel the way that you were feeling mm-hmm. because I wasn't present.
1: Right. Cause you were so focused. And I remember saying to you, like you and I are different because you're fighting for what you want. And I'm just like throwing my hands up, going like I'm tapped out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I saw I saw one of those quotes. I don't know if Clinton Anderson says this, but it's definitely like his vibe. But it was like, you know, the difference between the people that succeed are and the people that don't are are the excuses or how bad you want it. And I was like, it's said in a really like rude way, especially Mm -hmm. coming from him. But like, it's the truth because I was just like, I don't think I want it that bad. Mm -hmm. And like, why do I need to want it that bad? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, anyway, this is going to lead into... You tell me yours in a minute, but also like the rest of our next couple episodes of like our values, our intentions, our ethics, and what, Mm -hmm. what leads us to want to compete with our horse and continue as a non-pro and, and what makes the difference between non-pros and professionals and really who has what it takes to get to the higher levels, Mm -hmm. to not just compete in the
0: backyard. But not only who has what it takes. But what it actually takes? What I'll tell you? It takes
1: a whole lot more than I'm willing to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, honestly, it's it's that has been kind of where I've been for the for the last yeah. um, few weeks or so, where I've really been looking at, you know, is that is that where I where I want to be? I don't know. Uh, you know what process? You know how they say like.
1: Instagram and social media is like the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could be super fake and like talk about how great our summer was and, Mm -hmm. and how, you know, lots of good things happened at our competitions and, and through our summer, but we're, I think on a little bit of a crossroads and in terms of like where we actually want to go, especially with reigning and high level competition, like how far you want to push it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is important to discuss here because I don't think we're the only ones, certainly not in the NRHA, but. Yeah, definitely. it's, It's not always linear. It's not always good times. It's not always bad times. Like we certainly still love what we're doing. It's just sometimes there are hard decisions to make. And I think, especially as a a non-pro, especially as someone who has a busy life otherwise, that it's not the thing they're making money. It's the thing you're paying a ton of money to do. And with a family at home and other responsibilities, like
0: you really have to have the drive and the motivation to get there. What did you, what word did you use this summer? You sent me a message and said that uh, I'm tenacious. Is that the word that you used? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I had to look at like, why, why was I so driven to do it? What did I get out of going and like being away and packing? And I'd, I'm i not even going to say unpacking because honestly, I unpacked Blake's bag from Snyder mountain last week. Yes. So that was at the beginning of the summer. I think it was July or something, middle summer, maybe. So, you know, like just so much going on. What did I get out of it? Why was I doing it? Why did I feel the need to do it? Do I feel the need to scale back next year? Do I feel the need to keep going next year? Like we, we are going to have those conversations around like, actually we'll lead into our, our, you tell me yours here in a minute too, but I feel like we're going to be asking ourselves in real time and having the conversation together around what did we learn this summer and how is it going to impact what we decide we're going to do going forward into the next show season or into the next clinic season. Cause we're going, you know, I feel like we're going to go into, into Christmas and then just right back at it.
1: Yeah. Come, come the first week of January. We're always like, okay, what's on the go. What's mm-hmm. Sue, what kind of clinics do you have planned? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it's and, and fun to out when all the horse shows are, but I, I think it's gonna, yeah, I think this summer change things. So for you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. What was your biggest personal takeaway from the summer with horses this year, Nikki?
0: Well, without making this a whole other episode, because I could probably talk about it for a really long time, I'll try to be as quick as possible. I think my biggest takeaway was that our growth as horse people, and so my, my personal growth within my horse world and my desire for my growth as an equestrian are conflicting. You know, when I went to those shows in Quebec and I was in the warm-up pen, I remember, I'm gonna tell a really quick story. I remember a feeling in that warm-up pen. And my horse was like he was on a hundred percent on. He felt so good. Best I've ever felt him feel. And I was three away from being in the show pen. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Because I can tell you, we have not had that it run yet. Like we have not gone into the pen and have everything come together. I did not place over a fifth place my entire summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is going to be it. And I don't know where I get the 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 gall to think that my it run is going to happen in Quebec, but you know, whatever, that's fine. So I go in. It could happen. It could happen. It, it could. I, ha- I thought it was going to. So everything felt really good and I'm now like two horses away from being in the ring and I asked him to turn around and he literally reared up, like popped up and he has never done that. And I was like, oh, where did that come from? My horse went from being so on and feeling so good to, oh, something's not quite right and something clicked for me. And that was that he has anxiety in that pen because the last time that he was probably that on in that up pen was his futurity year. And he won his futurity year, which means he met a fair amount of pressure
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I've been told that, you know, he probably isn't that as talented as he presented, but he was he was pushed and not in, not in like a bad way towards the trainer because that was his job, but not every horse is going to be at the top level and not every human is going to be a top level basketball player. And you know what I mean? Like it takes a lot yeah. to get them to a certain level of competition. And I felt his worry in that moment and his stress and his, his lack of confidence when everything else felt confident. And I was like, Oh gosh. So I didn't really get after him for it. All I needed to do was get him so that he worried less before I went into the ring because I didn't want that to come out again when I was in the show pen. And so I'm a little conflicted because I see him and I want him to be comfortable and confident. I want to get to the next level in reigning. Mm -hmm. I love my horse and I don't want another horse right now. Can I do both those things? Am I able to honor him and still push to the next level to become the rider that I want to be. That's where I'm at. That's my takeaway. It's a struggle.
1: Do you think you have an answer? Do you think you know the answer? Yeah, I think it's a really crappy answer
0: that I don't want to admit to. Which is? That in order to get any horse to that level, I'm not sure if it aligns with my values.
1: Do you think that... The alternative could be that maybe you slow it down and take more time, like maybe you s- spend a year not putting on as much pressure at the show, but putting on a ton more pressure at home and not like you know what I mean? like not yeah. going into the shows, like taking it easy, but going into at home like pushing harder. I wonder Thank if you slowed down and did less well, and gave it more time
0: at home like, that is that is kind of the tactic that I was using was. Like I even like worked on turning him around without hands so that he just knew the shift in my body meant go into the turnaround. I think the environment, the other horse's energy, the hearing the announcer, the giant screen, all of that is so familiar to him and high, like relating to high pressure that with all my slow work at home, when he felt as on as I needed him to feel for us to be as successful as I wanted us to be. He related that to a lot of pressure. So maybe in five years time, but I think the question is Nadine is for him to compete at that level at home. Am I willing to sacrifice his happiness and his mm-hmm. comfort to get to that level?
1: Yeah. It's a struggle. It's Ooh. a it's a struggle of like, well, why do you want it that bad? And what would it mean to you? And would it be just as enjoyable and would you have just as much feeling of achievement if you could go to a show with him and feel that he's just like right there with you having fun but not scoring a 72 right you know I'm in a certain similar place yeah Yeah. all right okay tell me yours okay so my biggest takeaway from the summer with the horses is a common theme and like I touched on it earlier but just busier is not better. More is not more all the time. And I think that I had such a busy summer, not just with horses, but with family life as well, that I didn't have time to be in the moment, didn't have time to appreciate it or prepare properly or unpack or anything like everything was just one week to the next just surviving. And my takeaway that I'm going to go into next year with is that. I'm going to do less and I'm going to be more Mm. particular about the things that I do with my horses Mm -hmm. in terms of competitions or clinics, because I want to protect my time and my sanity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really, really, really want to enjoy what's going on and the process and the whatever it is that's happening instead of feeling like it's really stressful or really, exhausting. Mm -hmm. I want to be energized by what I'm doing with my horse and not exhausted by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at is that Mm. I think that I've reached a point of, I don't want to say like accept it. Well, like not just acceptance, but like with a six year old child and a family that likes to travel a lot And a husband that's only like got one foot in the door in terms of horses, Mm -hmm. you know, like this was my year to have like a full year of competition and it really wasn't ideal. And so I feel like I'm going to take the pressure off of being like, I'm going to compete all summer and just be like, I'm going to go to that show and that show and going to do my best when I get there kind of thing, instead of feeling like I have to be on and ready
0: all the time from like April until October. Mm Mm-hmm. I think you've had this shift in all areas of your life, not just your horse world, mm-hmm. where you've just decided, I choose joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also recognizing that life is hard and that no, we cannot just live in this like happy state all of the time. It's not denying our, our struggles and like being like, nope, not doing anything that's hard anymore, but recognizing when the things that are in our lives that are meant To create joy in our lives when those are the things that are actually creating the stress.
1: Yes. And not to make this a personal therapy session, but like I've realized that I take the hard road, the hard road, like 99% of the times. And that makes things more challenging for me. My husband is the first one to put a point out that I like overcomplicate things and could spend like all day just researching what shower curtain to buy, you know, so like instead of like overthinking everything about horse shows and everything that goes into the training, I, I just want to get back to the joy of it, you know, just the fun of it. And I've reached a place where I have them at home and I can go to competitions when I want to, but I don't have to go to every competition, yeah. you know, and, and it, we've talked for years about us going to Quebec together. And I said this year, can't do it. It's too expensive. It's too far. It's too much of an inconvenience for my family. It's not in the books for me. And like,
0: and that was hard. So expensive. <laughs> like it, you're, you are a hundred percent right. It is all of those things. You know, I have someone who's in my corner, who is fantastic and was incredibly supportive all summer long, who is like, we are going to every single one next year. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I don't like, it's I- like- I have to I have to actually go into next season, kind of where you're at right now where it's like, why? How am I gonna do this without sacrificing other things? Family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, not to say it's not an a huge improvement over the ground that we have to show in the location, the everything, like in terms of oh. Oh. a place to show, it's like by far way better.
0: And I, worth like, it. I don't want to take away from the fact that i had a f- blast mm-hmm. like i yeah. had a lot of fun this summer showing my horse yeah i had a lot of fun but but, but
1: we're here to question the why mm-hmm. and to compare what we're doing with does it line up with our values and our ethics. And that's where we're going with this. What's the impact?
0: (laughs) Well, this is going to be fun. I'm excited for this season.
1: (laughs) It is. It really, really is. Because I, I honestly think like that there are a lot of people and, you know, like we talk a lot about the raining industry because that's kind of where we're we're in and things are blowing up. And I think we're going to see some big changes. Mm -hmm. I hope we see some big changes in the reining industry for the better of the horses. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, here we're here to make you question your values and your ethics and your decisions with what you do to make the lives of our horses better Mm
0: -hmm. and our lives better. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: My husband had to take care of the horses for like two days when I went to PEI the other day and he Mm -hmm. goes, It's so nice to have just two horses that come running to you when you go out to the field and then they just put their heads right in their halters and then they just stand there patiently while I put them into their grain. I was like, yeah, that comes with doing that every single day consistently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is that has been worked on. And those are the kind of things that matter when you have a horse and you're dealing with horses every day that you don't have one that's running away from you or sticking their head up and don't want to be caught mm-hmm. and rushing into the, into the stall. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's the little thing. Sometimes it's not just how well they run down or how well they perform mm-hmm. and maneuver. It's mm-hmm. everything about the horse and their behavior
0: and how that yeah. affects you daily. What does this bring into your life? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can I share a happy moment that happened last night? You and I talked about it. Yes. And so I just want to share this because I think that, you know, we've shared a lot about our family life and our horse life on this podcast. And I feel like maybe this is part of, of the takeaway as well in the sense that like, what does bring us joy? What is important? What are we taking away from or adding to, or all the things. So last night uh, Blake's riding lesson was canceled because, her instructor was sick. And so she asked if her, the girl that her best friend who rides in her riding lesson with her could come and ride too. And I was like, yeah, no problem. That's, that's fine. She can come and ride. And what happened was exactly what builds us horsewomen, right? So I was watching her, I handed them the halter. And I mean, I have been very cautious with her, And I handed them both a halter and lead rope, and I sent them into the pasture to go get their horses. And it was, I recorded the whole thing. It was hilarious. So Blake, like, put Hottie's halter on, and then Hope just kept lifting her head up and not letting them. And they were struggling together to try to get this halter on and i was like i could hear their their conversation and i could hear their struggle and then hope would walk away and i'd hear them <laughs> giggle and they'd run back to her and you know eventually i had to go and actually help them um and stop recording but it was really great to see them just have fun and like try to figure it out and then they tack their horse up and we go down into the arena and i left them i, I mean my husband and was in there on a horse and the other mom was in there. And I left and I came back and they're like lope in circles. And I hear Blake say, I was like, oh goodness, it's inner blood. She goes, you know what I noticed the last time in your lesson, this is what you were doing at the lope. And maybe you should try. Oh no. (laughs) I was like, oh no, the teacher is inner. And then they went into the pen with the cattle. And like, They just played for 20 or 30 minutes, just pushing the cows around and talking to each other and giggling and catching up with the cow and loping with the cow and trotting with the cow. And I thought to myself, like, this is, this is a moment. This is a defining moment in their horse world where they gained confidence. They didn't have somebody saying, sit back, put your heels down, do this, do that. They're just figuring it out on their own. And I kept looking over at Mike and he kept looking over at me and we both were just like, do you see this? Like just smiling. It was a really cool moment. I don't want to miss those by doing all the things that I want to do. But at the same time, like I want to show her be a a role model for her. And so that adds all the pressure to the other things I was already just talking about. So Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's crazy so much.
1: Yeah. It's not, it's not black or white. No, a lot of different ways and, and everybody has to choose their own path of what what they want to do and what's kind of on the priority list so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm excited to dig into this in the next few episodes yeah
0: so we said this was going to be a half an hour episode and uh it's not so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we know going are talking about the right things right we're never going to be less long-winded I think nope never <laughs> all right uh, we really appreciate you coming along for this ride with us. We love that you're here and we're so glad that we're back. And I hope that you enjoy the changes that we are making here at Cannon Horse Podcast. And uh, we look forward to this season. Hey, Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: listening today if you enjoyed today's episode the best way to send us some love is by sharing about canada horse podcast with your friends finding us on instagram
0: and leaving a review is always appreciated with your support of the show you are making a positive impact on our horse world until next time right on canada